Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Proverbs 22 and 6 reminds us that we ought to train up a child in the way he should go, he or she, and when he or she is old, he will not depart from it. And it's a passage that we need to reflect and embrace and uh, bind it upon the tables of our heart and take it with us wherever we go. In today's society, our youth are exposed to so much, and they're facing multiple worldviews. We that are in the church, we that are Christians, are obligated to raise up our young people in the admonition of the Lord. On today's episode, I have a special guest, and he's not a stranger. He's been on the show uh, multiple times, but today... Uh, He's on this show because he has a new book out called Cold Case Christianity for Kids. And our special guest for this episode, again, is Brother Jay Warner Wallace. Jay, how are you? Thanks so much for having me. Doing great. Good to talk to you again. Excellent. It's good to hear your voice as well. So my first question for you is, what what motivated you to write Cold Case Christianity uh, for the youth? Well, you know, we've experienced this. I, my own uh, personal journey was as after I became a Christian at the age of 35, I eventually uh, ended up going to seminary and pastoring uh, students. Uh, and my first assignment was with uh, children and then ultimately with a, a youth de- a youth uh, program, a youth ministry uh, in Southern California. And I recognized that the high schoolers that I was uh, dealing with, uh, once they graduated, our attrition rate, our exodus rate uh, was dramatic. And I, the first year we graduated our seniors, I couldn't believe how many of them walked away from the church and, and claimed to walk away from Christianity within the mm-hmm. first year. And when I, tra- when I traced it back, uh, originally I thought, well, wow, what is the impact that uh, the, the, the universities are having mm-hmm. on young Christians? But it turns out that really it's not happening in the first year at the university as much as it's been happening for several years from right. the junior high years on where young people have had questions they haven't had answered. They started to have their doubts. They may not have expressed them. If they did express them, often afterwards they'll report that they didn't get the kinds of answers they were looking for. Uh, And so they end up walking away only after many years of having already walked away in their head. Hmm. Now when they get to college, they actually can walk away with their feet. And so I thought it's time for us. Uh, Of course, I think all I, I try to write is accessible to high schoolers, but I knew that the questions start much earlier than that. So we wanted to provide a resource that would address people, young people, in that age range from 8 to 12, where they start to have questions. Uh, and it's interesting, I was just talking uh, last at the conference, the National Conference for Apologetics, a couple of months ago to Josh McDowell, who's been doing this kind of work with young people for about, what, 50 years, it seems right. like. And, and he said that he today is getting the same questions from junior hires that he used to get from college students. Mm. And I thought that doesn't surprise me because I'm seeing it myself. Right. And so I think it's important for us to, to get a resource out there that helps young Christians know what is true in a way that they can demonstrate it. Excellent. My next question is uh, 
a little bit personal, but it's on the book. Uh, you mentioned that your wife is a contributor. What what role does she play in uh, composing this book? Well, that, that's exactly what we hope to do going forward with these kids' books. I mean, it's a little bit different. We're writing um, narratives, fictional narratives that include a fictional story that then uh, kind of segues mm. into examining the case for Christianity. And I knew that when we started this process that, that Susie has always been my first editor on all the adult books. So what she did here was we just sat down on the couch and we worked through these chapter by chapter to kind of make sure that um, you know the, 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 the kind of heart of a parent is also involved. I have a teaching heart for sure, and I want to help young people know the truth. But what I love about Susie is that she kind of brings me balance and remembers that we are talking to 8- to 12-year-olds right. here. And so <laughs> this is a book that needs to be to have the heart of a mom you know, in it so that, that you know, if she found it accessible, if she could help me shape the words, if she could help me develop the characters, this was going to be a much more accessible book for kids. And in reading the book, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, since what you're talking about, I've read Cold Case Christianity for the adults, and this youth version is just as informative, but it is on the uh, youth level where uh, the younger generation can understand it. Uh, but I also appreciate the narrative and, and how it was put together in terms of the story building and still trying to teach a lesson by t- by t- telling this this story about the cadets. So I, I do appreciate that approach. That that was excellent. Yeah, we're trying to find a way, you know, to contextualize this that 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 will keep the kids turning the page. So we know if we have a mystery that has to be unlocked, and the mystery in this case is involving a skateboard, and the next book we're doing is is God's Crime Scene for Kids. Mm. That's a much more complicated mystery. But but what we're trying to do is engage students, engage kids in a mystery that they can appreciate. What we're hearing from parents so far is that kids will be so engaged in the mystery related to the skateboard that they they want to continue to read chapter to chapter, and that was really the goal. And that's where I needed to sit with Susie and really kind of develop. You remember when, when our kids were young, there were books out there like Boxcar Kids and things like that that <laughs> right. were available for, for people to read. And they, you know, they wanted something that had a similar kind of a feel but was very much an apologetics book, and that's what I hope this will be. I hope it will be the first of a number of these that we do for kids. And you've already touched on it, but for our parents that are listening, why should they uh, take a look at Cold Case Christianity for Kids? Yeah, this is, you know, there's lots of, uh, I think several of us who have done the adult books, like Lee Strobel, uh, even even William Lane Craig has got a series of kids. Melissa Kane Travis has got a series of kids' books. So we're we're all seeing a need to be able to start early to Mm -hmm. answer those questions before they come up, because we know that young kids will have questions before they even begin to voice them. So so we knew that we really, and I think if, if the parents who are listening to this show are like the parents I deal with all the time, and like me, you know that, that if you've got kids in that junior high to high school range, you are already starting to see that expression of doubt, that expression of, you know, I, I know what you believe, Mom, but, but why do you believe it? And then we find ourselves in a place where we're trying to catch up, because many of us may have come to, to believe this is true without knowing why evidentially it's true. And so when someone presses us, we have a tendency to say things like, well, I just know it's true. I know God is <laughs> right. working in my life. Well, how do you know that's God that's working in your life? So you, you, these kinds of questions are the kinds of questions that kids ask. So we want to be able to address those early. And so I really think it's about how important – I mean, most of us are willing to invest some time in tutors or whatever it takes to make sure that our kids are doing well academically or maybe are even able to maximize their ability as an athlete. You know, we do this all the time with our kids. We'll spend extra time. We'll right. coach. We'll hire somebody to help coach or train. 
Well, are we willing to do that when it comes to their spiritual development? Right. That's really the question, and that's what I wanted to address here. Right. So if I am a student and I get one of a copy of this book, what are your suggestions to that student in terms of how to approach this book? Well, what we tried to do here is to do more than a book. We wanted an experience because we knew that there were good books out there that I've used going back all the way to things like Don't Check Your Brain at the Door right. uh, by uh, Josh McDowell back you know, about 25 years ago, mm-hmm. whatever that was. And so, so we knew there were some good resources out there. So we wanted to develop something that was an interactive uh, experience for kids. So we created a website called Cold Case Christianity for Kids, and people can go and kind of look at that site to see what this is all about, where each chapter starts with a video. You can watch the video, and then there's downloadable activities and fill-in sheets and even a parent guide that can help you engage your, your kids chapter by chapter with even suggestions for questions that might be asked back and forth. And what we encourage kids to do is if they will, they're part of a cadet. They're in the first person. They're there in the uh, actual book along with the three other cadets going through this academy, kind of like an explorer academy. And as they get done, if they complete the handouts and complete the fill-in sheets and collect them in a notebook, they're eligible to receive the graduation certificate, which is at the very last chapter. So what we're trying to do here is get kids, and and I've been so satisfied to see parents email me or send me on social media pictures of their kids (laughs) doing the uh, downloaded activity sheets. That, to me, is what the whole thing was about. And so we spent time illustrating this. There's probably over 70 illustrations in the book, and all the activity sheets are illustrated. So we want students to really enjoy the process of engaging this. And we'll do for the first three books, the three books from the adult uh, book series, we'll do the kids' books also, and they'll be able to access all of that at Cold Case Christianity for Kids. Thank you for that. Now, f- for those who have yet to get a copy of this book, uh, again, I encourage you to get your own copy, Cold Case Christianity for Kids. But inside the book, um, there are some nuggets, and one of the things I wanted you to talk about, you mentioned this whole concept or worldview of naturalism. Uh, Please explain that uh, for our listeners and then um, tell us how you respond to that in the book. Well, it's, it's, I think, one of the biggest foundational hurdles that all of us are going to have to jump over is this idea. And maybe kids do this easier at first, but by the time we get to junior high, they start having their own questions. And that's this idea that you want us, you want me to believe that something miraculous could ever occur Mm. when in fact i've never seen a miracle occur in my life i've never seen things pop into existence or someone walk through a wall or rise from the dead or walk on water these kinds of things are uh for the most part foreign to our natural experience and because because we are philosophically natural in our worldview we have a tendency to only want to accept and embrace those things that we think are within the natural realm governed by the laws of physics and entirely working on space, time, and matter, and those are the only things that exist. So why should kids or anyone believe that something supernatural like a resurrection can occur? So I wanted to be able to say, hey, in this book, uh, we need to talk about why do we presuppose that naturalism is true to begin with, and why are we not open-minded enough to step beyond naturalism, especially if we believe that the entire universe, and science demonstrates this, these are the scientists who are arguing for this, that everything in our universe, all space, time, and matter, Mm -hmm. leapt into existence from nothing. Now, the science points to that, and that's why we have this thing called standard cosmological argument, right, which argues for everything, all space, time, and matter, Mm -hmm. to come into existence from nothing. 
that means that whatever causes this to come into existence, by its very definition, has to at least be extra natural, because nature is what we think of as space, time, and matter. Right. Yet this begins to exist at a point from nothing. So the cause cannot be spatial, temporal, or material. It has to be something extra natural. If the first move of the history of the universe involves an extra natural act, why would we then eliminate any other extra natural act in the other history of the universe. So I think what I want to help the students see is that, hey, all of us believe in something extra natural. The question is, does that thing that caused the universe to leap into existence ever get involved in the universe again? Mm. If it does, why would we think it couldn't rise, couldn't raise from the dead? And that's why I think we, we want to help our students to see that there are limits if they will only limit themselves to thinking about things naturally. First of all, they, they really can't because they accept the, their cosmological argument more than likely. And so we already have accepted something extra natural. Now, we try to make this very accessible in the kids' book so that they can see this in a way that kind of the light bulb come, kind of comes on. Because what we don't want is an aversion toward – because let's face it, in our university system, that's an entire that, – those folks are entirely philosophical natural. Right. We do not believe in anything supernatural. So if we come into that setting and buy that and, and believe that's the case, then there's nothing about the scriptures we can believe because there are so many supernatural acts that are presented in the scriptures. We have to at least be open-minded about our worldview to, to assess that evidentially. And you also uh, touch on the topic of the resurrection, which you just inferred, and you list uh, different arguments or for the evidence of, of the resurrection. Can you touch on that and how you help the students walk through the uh, ver- veracity of the resurrection? Right. Well, we want to offer a way of thinking. So we're trying to write a book that tells you more, that does more than just tell you what to believe. We want to help show kids how to think through these issues so they can discover what is true. And so, of course, one of the most important principles that we use in every criminal trial is something called abductive reasoning. We also use this in every single um, uh, jury trial as well. We ask jurors to do this. We simply ask them to look at all the evidence we've presented, consider all the possible explanations for the evidence we've presented, and then decide which explanation is the most reasonable inference from the evidence. And so we try to do the same thing with the resurrection. We teach it as a principle, abductive reasoning. We show how you could use this to help solve the mystery of the the skateboard. And then we turn the corner and say, look, could we do the same thing with the resurrection? We have some bare minimum pieces of evidence we have to explain. And then we have to look at the possible explanations, and we try to go through all of those. Did Jesus just pass out on the cross? He didn't really die, so he doesn't rise from the dead. He's just resuscitated. Did did the the disciples lie about it? Uh, Was this a hallucination on the part of the disciples? We try to go through all the ways you could explain the evidence and let students work through those to see which is the most reasonable in, in the line of the evidence we have. Excellent, excellent. Once again, we have with us Brother Jay Warner Wallace, author of Cold Case Christianity. And for our occasion today, he has he and his wife have uh, written a, a modified version of Cold Case Christianity for our children and youth. So Cold Case Christianity for Kids is available, and we're going through some of the contents of the book. The last thing I wanted to uh, bring about or, or ask you is the topic or the subject of the autographs and the manuscripts. Mm-hmm. And out of all the things you could talk about, y- you brought that up in the book, 
Why did you feel that was important? And, and can you just give us a highlight? Uh, when I was looking through the book, the, uh, um, the, the images are excellent for, for the youth to understand what this whole issue about in terms of autographs, manuscripts, and uh, some of the differences. Yeah, I think for me, uh, when I was reading through Bart Ehrman's um, Jesus Interrupted book, I, I, this is a, a, a scholar who teaches at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, who is a, uh, a, an associate and was taught by Bruce Metzger, another fine biblical scholar. But Bart Ehrman is an atheist, or at least he's agnostic. He would say he's an uh, atheistic-leaning agnostic at times. <laughs> I think in the end he's just an atheist. But the point is, um, he, he, he says that he was first shaken in his faith because he started off as a Christian kid growing up in a Christian environment when he learned that, that we did not have the original autographs of each of these uh, New Testament documents. In other words, these were written on materials that just aren't like the materials we have today. They cannot sustain um, reading uh, over a period of time, and they deteriorate, and they have to be copied so we can continue to have a copy of the original. Now, we don't have the originals anymore, and what Bart argues is that we don't even have an old copy that is within, you know, three or four copies of the original. So this disturbed him, and, and he thought that there were also variations that he could see, which is true, between the most ancient copies of the documents of the New Testament. And so this kind of shook his faith and started a process, at least he claims, uh, that moved him into his position he holds today, which he doesn't trust these documents are telling us the truth. Well, this, the way he positions it and the way teachers often teach this in the university setting based on Bart's materials, it's very uh, – I, mean, I think it has rhetorical power with young people, and, and I think it has the ability to shake people. So I want to start by, by addressing the complaint to begin with, right. and that's what we tried to do in, in the book. We Try to argue, well, look, yes, we don't have the originals, and there are variations between the most ancient documents we have of each of these books, but we have a process in place by which we can eliminate and return to the original. We can eliminate the variations. We can determine which variation belongs in the original, and we can then return to a reliable a version of the original copy. And that process is, is pretty simple, but it needs to be, um, I think, articulated in a way that young kids can understand it. Now, I, I think that there's no probably no young kid who's reading this book who already has this doubt in mind. We're trying to head off a doubt that is going to arise uh, as they start reading online. And again, I think by the time they get in their junior high years, they are going to start to see this stuff online because it's a very aggressive posture that the critics have taken online. So what we're trying to do here is to, to head it off. Let's, let's address that issue up front. So when they see it coming, they're like, I've already been there and done that. I've already examined that issue. And they're only telling us half the story on the other side, which is true. So we need to show them the whole story on this side, because once they have the confidence that we can return to reliably to an original, then it doesn't really matter how many variations there are. We have so many copies we can compare that the, the vast number of copies that we have overcomes the vast number of variations. So we know with confidence what the original actually said. I appreciate that. And what you said is so true. If we don't disciple our youth by exposing them to what's going on in the real world uh, underneath our tutelage, then the world is going to make sure they give the false information or the skewed information from their angle. So I I really appreciate you bringing that up. And again, this book is, uh, is, is worthy in terms of us having it in our library. And if our listeners wanted to obtain the book, uh, where would they go? 
Well, we've got a website called coldcasechristianityforkids.com. And if you'll go there, it'll give you a good chance to peek at the content of, because there's videos for each a chapter. So if you wanted just to kind of preview the book, look at the fill-in sheets for the book, look at the parent leader uh, guides, look at all the stuff that really accompanies each chapter, that's a good place to go. And also, of course, there are links there for where you can buy the book. Excellent. Um, Jay, we thank you so much for your time and also thank your wife for us, uh, for her contribution. I think this book is, is, is great and it's, uh, it's, it's necessary for times like these that we as parents, as well as the church community, need to invest in our young people by giving them this information that you both just uh, published. Thank you so much. Well, brother, I appreciate you saying that. And let me tell you, you're doing great work. I just am so delighted to be any part of your program. So let's talk again soon. All right. I'll be in touch. Thank you so much. All right, sir. Once again, that was Brother Jay Warner Wallace, author of Cold Case Christianity uh, for Kids. And if you get a chance, please get his book uh, and, and peruse through it. Check it out. If you are a grandparent, great-grandparent, parent, guardian, I think this is a book that ought to be in your library. And it's really appropriate because what he says in terms of our children and youth being miseducated or misinformed about science and reality is very alarming. And that was part of the reason why our ministry, Sound Reasoning Ministries, started the Apologetics Boot Camp. And the Apologetics Boot Camp uh, we host once a year. And at this point, we cater to sixth grade all the way up to college level because we were getting so many testimonies from parents uh, and guardians about their Christian students being bullied in public uh, forms and environments. Uh, even in, in the classroom, they were being mocked and they were being uh, intimidated by the professors. So the Lord led us to respond by starting the Apologetics Boot Camp. And if you want more information on our Apologetics Boot Camp for next year, please sign on to www.srministries.org, www.srministries.org. Uh, you can obtain information from there, as well as if you want to go directly to the Apologetics Boot Camp website, it's sacramentalapologetics.com, sacramentalapologetics.org, I'm sorry. Uh, so you can go and visit uh, the websites at those um, different places. We thank you so much for joining us on Sound Reasoning, and we thank God for you uh, for your prayers as well as your financial support. If you feel led to support us financially, please don't hesitate. May God bless you all. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. 
Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.